Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. We're both here today with first reactions and a recap of the second match of a two-game series with the United States women's national team against Paraguay. Tonight, they defeated Paraguay 8-0 at TQL Stadium in Cincinnati. Quick reminder before we start getting into all of the who, what, and why, and what happened. A reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can also head to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to never miss a new video interview or whenever we go live. And plus, you can catch great highlights from the NWSL, extended highlights, and World Cup qualifying matches at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Lisa, we're back again to talk about another lopsided win here from the United States. How are you doing tonight? Well, I don't think any of us are that surprised that this was another lopsided win, but um, a win is a win nonetheless. And there's always things to be learned after 90 minutes on the pitch, um, especially with some young faces. So I'm I'm happy that we got this win, that the U.S. got this win, of course. Um, and I'm excited to talk about it a little bit, but um, excited to talk about what surprised us, maybe what didn't surprise us. Uh, but it's always good to be here with you, Sander. How are you? How's your evening? Pretty good. Not going to front. I mean, uh, it feels good to be a winner. Uh, Mm -hmm. It feels good to uh, see all those Chicago Red Stars in the lineup. Let's just dive right into it, honestly, Lisa. And while we're giving our reactions to the initial starting 11 in our small preview segment, of this match, we threw out like kind of like a wish list. We didn't want to play like predictions. We weren't going to be like, this is who we think is going to get the start. Like, no, we didn't come at our listeners with that. We kind of went more like wish list style. We were kind of like, let's talk a little bit about who we want to actually see in these positions um, and why. Uh, let's take a look and see if uh, we got some of our wishes granted. Lisa, uh, the starting lineup for the United States women's national team rolled out like this. They had Jane Campbell, Annette, Emily Sonnet, Abby Dalkamper, Tierna Davidson, and Casey Kruger to round out the back. Line Andy Sullivan, Roosevelt, Katerina Macario, Mal Pugh, Alex Morgan, and Sophia Smith to brown out the attack. Can't front when I saw this starting lineup drop, Lisa. I was like, This is nice. This is the uh, let's go have some fun lineup. I think that was kind of the vibe that I was hit with. What, what were some of your impressions when you saw those names drop? 
yes, I was definitely in that mode of, okay, let's see what some of these younger players can do. Just going from the first time the U.S. played Paraguay just last week and now this lineup, there were seven changes made, which – Thank you, Vladko Andonovsky, because that's what these friendlies are for, to get new faces in the starting lineup, to get new players uh, their first international start. Sophia Smith, congratulations to her at the senior level. Um, so that was, I was really excited to see. But Sandra, you mentioned the front line, Pew, Morgan, and Sophia Smith. Speedsters! We had speedsters in the top line and... Um, it, jumping ahead of what five minutes into this match, the goals were already eight minutes in. It was already three nothing with this front three uh, combining and, and jostling in the front line, which that's what you want to see with these players and with these these people getting the start. I'm also really happy Andy Sullivan got her second start in the sixth defensive midfield position because she earned it. She played so tremendously well the first time against Paraguay, and now the second time I think she did as well. Um, a little quieter, not as many goals from her this time around, but still such an influential part of the game and, and being that creative playmaker. And we got Jane Campbell in goal, Sandra. That's what we wanted. That's what we wanted. Um, we did do our wish list lineups. So do you remember what yours was? I have receipts in case we don't. I I always need you to have the receipts because I tend to lose those sometimes. But I do know that I wanted Jane Campbell in that. I do know that I wanted to see Turner Davidson and Casey Kruger on the back line at the same time. I believe I wanted the midfield that I that we got, and it was Sullivan, Lavelle, and Macario. Uh, Correct. And I think I I really wanted to sort of see that that play out and um, wish fulfilled. I really enjoyed uh, watching that tonight, and um, I think I went Heath and Lloyd and Smith. Right. You did. Yes. Okay. Heath yeah. Lloyd. Well, I'll, I'll take I'll take the I'll take the P. Morgan and Smith. That was that was a lot of fun tonight for sure. It was a lot of fun. And and looking back at your wish list, perhaps we knew that Tobin Heath wasn't going to get that many minutes, but these our starting lineups were wish list. They were not our predictions of what we thought was going to happen. Um, so yeah, your your midfield was on par, of course, but it was fun to watch Sullivan Lavelle and and Macario in that midfield. They they played really well together, I think. And of course, Rose Lavelle riding on the high that she is playing at home in front of her home crowd. I think on the broadcast, I heard them say something like uh, her county outside of Cincinnati dubbed today Rose Lavelle Day. Like, how cool is that? How cool is that? And then you can't write the, this game any better for Rose Lavelle. You really can't. She gets the start in front of her home crowd. She gets the opening goal just four minutes in. And then by the 15th minute, she already has three assists yep. in this game. Uh, uh, yeah, great job, Rose Lavelle. You cannot write that script any better for her. It was like a, I loved the vibe, honestly. It was like a straight up, it's a mutual love there. Like Roosevelt loves her hometown and they love her back. Uh, rainy night in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. but it just didn't detour, uh, deter, quite frankly, like everybody's good energy around it. Like the facility was, was, ho was hopping. Uh, mm -hmm. Everything coming in on the, the, the live uh, stream from, from Fox was, was sounding really, really nice. And, uh, the first opening 15 minutes kind of pretty much wrapped up things in this game. It was a five goal lead for the United States by the time uh, halftime came around, but one goal and three assists. That is, 
that is quite the night for for Roosevelt. I mean, you had head, head coach Vlako Andonovsky, you know, available in some pregame conferences, and he talked a little bit about preparing for these matches and saying that they wanted to task players with maybe some some different things. Somebody like Andy Sullivan, believe it or not, wanted to task her with somehow being more aggressive on the ball and and in terms of picking and choosing out her her passing lanes. Um and seeing that kind of come in uh to play tonight. And um honestly watching that first goal uh develop those first two goals for me, even though it was five goals by the by the first half, those those first two goals in the I think it was the fourth minute and the the eighth minute or the sixth minute. Fourth uh, fourth and six. And then there was another right? one in the eighth. So I yeah. understand your confusion. But, but the, fir- <laughs> the first two were just like absolutely delicious. Like watching Casey Kruger just get like involved immediately in this attack, just whipping a ball in from the flank and just to like a waiting girls Lavelle and just dark times for the, the Paraguayan defense. It was just sort of like a repeat a little bit of what uh, their previous match was just sort of leaving players kind of unmarked, just way too many gaps there, uh, but still a great service and still a great opening goal mm-hmm. um, from those, from those two, two players. And really that, gosh, that, that build up in that, that second goal, I was like screaming. I was like, no way, no way. And so you, it like starts with like Mal Pugh, like mm-hmm. winning this ball in, Par- in Paraguay's half and then sort of con- combining with with Lavelle very quickly, who just sort of feeds off, you know, to to Smith and then she just break- breaks through. And it was her first international goal with the senior team, which is like we're we're watching a lot of firsts happen. We're watching a lot of um, development sort of happening before our eyes with with certain players on the senior national team. And I know that that's a big that was a big point of discourse, uh, perhaps, I think, over these two games against this Paraguayan side where there was some um, some discourse on the, you know, whether it was Twitter or other, you know, social media channels where folks were just kind of like, what's, what's the point of this? Like, what are players getting out of this? Like what, what type of, what type of things are, are players learning? But you're looking at these players who got called into this mix. These, these players who are having really strong NWSL seasons, whether it is somebody like a Mallory Pugh, somebody like an Ali, um, an Andy Sullivan or somebody in Sophia Smith who, believe it or not, tonight was the night where she got her first international goal. And like, you don't realize that players who are this talented are reaching those milestones right now, but that happens like that happened tonight. That happened within these, these two games uh, for these particular plays. So those, those are players, I think, I think for us and, you know, who kind of follow the league, provide coverage of the league. Those are the moments of what we're, we're paying attention to. And um, I think, Mm -hmm my initial reaction like as the half sort of closed out with that very left-sided scoreline again was just around kind of a similar vibe I was just like you know what I think it's going to stand out a little bit more in a match like this if there is if there are players who are having unimpressive games against a team like Paraguay if you're coming up to line up in a starting 11 for this United States women's national team in the second game of a friendly against a, t- a side, the opposition like Paraguay, a team that hasn't had a lot of time together, a team that you just beat 9-0, and then you go out and you don't make an impact in the game, it's a little bit more telling, I think, than than 
any type of lights out uh, performances that you would have been getting from some of the other teams. So I think if you're like on the <laughs> on the wrong side of a of a of a performance in a game like this, I think you're maybe scratching your head and you're wondering what's going to happen in those next um, you know October friendlies uh, that are coming up. A lot of things I think were were learned tonight in this. Sandra, you mentioned uh, Casey Kruger playing that outside back position and getting up the field a lot, um, as well as Emily Sonnet on the other side in that outside back position and contributing to the attack. Uh, from the very first play, uh, the very first goal in the fourth minute, it was assisted by Casey Kruger on a really well-swung ball from the far side of the 18 into the box to find Rose Lavelle um, for the goal. But... It, getting those outside backs up the pitch and into the attack, that's something we didn't see a lot of from this U.S. women's national team in the Olympics, especially in their first few games. And to to be able to have a coach like Vlako Andonovsky head into a match against Paraguay where he knows they're going to win. He does. The team knows this. Everyone knows this. So what can the U.S. get out of this in the sense that they need to get better? They need to take every time that they are on the field as an opportunity to get better. So he challenges those outside backs, um, understanding that the threat of a transition play from Paraguay is not that strong. They're probably not going to do that. So he encourages his outside backs to get up the field, move into the attack, contribute. And I think in the first 45 minutes, we saw it a lot from Casey Kruger. And she did a great job. And Sonnet did did well as well. She was a player that we didn't see a lot in the outside back position during the Olympics and previously. And now she got a lot of minutes against this Paraguay team in that outside back position. We almost saw her score a goal or two in the second half. She was inside the six-yard box getting crosses from Casey Kruger on the other side. So if you can have outside back throwing the ball into the mix for another outside back's that is really, really great for, for Vladko Andonovsky and the future of this team. Now, it can't happen all the time because you need some defensive structure. Um, but in a game like this, yes, those are the moments to try it. Those are the moments to push your outside backs forwards and see what they can do. Um, I also think that at the start of this match, um, maybe it was just because the goals came quicker, but the pace of play was quicker. And, and yep. I think that lends a hand to having Sophia Smith in the starting lineup up top and also Kat Macario in the midfield. Players that are still looking to make a very big impression on this team and on Vladko Andonovsky, as well as Mallory Pugh in that starting lineup. Um, so I think yeah, the I pace, love it. Yeah, I think the pace of play was a lot quicker right from the first whistle that we saw. The combination plays, the moving down the field. And then, of course, uh, because the play is quicker, there becomes more goals. And it's just a ripple effect uh, down to that bottom point where they went into the halftime um, up 5 nothing. I think it's a really important point that you bring up, too, and like the, these being the games in which those types of things can be sort of practiced and tried out. And those type of moments and those type of environments are the ones where these young players can kind of get, get that time um, and sort of become more familiar with each other. Because this isn't, you know, this is a national team that quite frankly, like probably sees the most time together more than any other national team in the world, right? They're the top ranked team in the world for a reason. And they're a national team that constantly is getting together during international windows 
And on top of that, having and hosting their own international tournaments uh, against other uh, opposition. So there are moments, right, where this team, this coaching staff, does have to sort of pick and choose the time in which they can utilize these games to perhaps get a little bit more familiarity for those younger players, those players that are not necessarily on the outside, but just part of the larger pool of national team players, the ones that were in the mix, quite frankly, for the Olympics, but didn't end up making that final roster. But even, honestly, even for players like Alin Williams and players like Casey Kruger, like these are players who played their way into the national team bubble via the league via NWSL. Mm -hmm. So having these types of games where they can get more, you know, familiar with each other and the system that the head coach is trying to implement as a world cup is on the horizon, they're necessary. They just are. Um, I'm not super concerned about the fact that this team is playing a couple of games against the team like Paraguay, because I know that they're going to potentially have a, a she a she believes cup that's going to take place, you know, very early in 2022. It typically happens in the first half of the year, and it's going to it's typically against top ten opponents uh, and teams in, in the world. So there, you need to have different looks and different opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure if these post Olympic exhibition games that you know it's like a post Olympic tour that these players have to, to go through when they come out of a tournament like the Olympics. So I'm not sure if the same opportunity is there for these types of players that we keep talking about. If the opposition that they're playing against, you know, is somebody like uh, like a Canada or Sweden or, or a mm-hmm. top 10. I'm not sure that that's there. Um, so e- I'm embracing it for what it is. I'm embracing it for what it is and, that's the opportunity uh, at hand. It, it is a huge opportunity, and it's really such a confidence booster for uh, some of these younger players to get on the jersey in in red, white, and blue and be able to say, I scored a goal for Macario, to say, I scored two goals in this match. Um, uh, her second goal, Sandra, Kat Macario's second goal, was just so beautiful. It, you could not have drawn that up any better for her just waiting at the top of the box the ball is punched out to her she could have ran towards it she could have approached it and closing down the space her her distance to the goal taking a touch she also had time she eyed up this ball like she was a kid on their birthday about to eat the entire birthday cake themselves (laughs) she was so hungry to volley this ball, which we saw her do a few times earlier in the game, and they didn't quite go the way. A couple were deflected. A couple hit off the wrong side of her foot. Her second goal, though, Macario's second goal, just tremendous. Her side volley, it was like great body positioning. She hit the ball so cleanly on her laces. The ball had perfect spin and curled inward and then outward. It was just so picture perfect. So picture per- perfect for her, and that's what she needs in this type of game, especially because um, th- there's a lot. Like these players know each other from the NWSL, and everyone knows Cat Macario, of course. But a player that's not playing right now in the NWSL is 
trying to come in and prove themselves maybe to some American fans that don't know her very well if they're not watching her over in Europe and they're just American soccer fans in the NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team. And now they get to see her really shine and, and do what she is supposed to be doing. And um, it's very I'm, fun. I'm with that 100%. I just like I love I love that that comes out of this game. That there's this yes. player who gets tasked with this start. And she it's like kind of crazy to think about that she very well could have had two volley goals in, in this match. Uh, one that nearly three. One that nearly, yeah, one that could have nearly chipped the keeper, like on a like on a rainy night mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Like that that could have happened um for this player. But that type of young player that's just sort of be tasked with this scenario, like the coaching, like the coaching staff saying, Hey, you're gonna get the start show us what you got and then going out there and literally just trying stuff <laughs> like trying stuff like stuff that you're probably again that you're probably not going to get to 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 try if you're going up against uh maybe a, a, a different team um and, but and I, I guess it's like right away like she takes it like Macario yeah. takes an opportunity to try to nail three different volleys at three different times and she ends up getting one of them at the end of the night <laughs> In training, I bet she doesn't even get three volleys set up in that type of situation. She may practice volleys, but to have that type of pressure and that type of slick night with the rain coming down, it doesn't happen. So I'm glad that she kept going for it. And I'm glad that she was able to bury the last one because it proves that all her training and all of the trying was was worth it. Another thing that Vlad Kondonovsky had said heading into this match was minute management. Um, And he was a former coach in the NWSL, and he is fully aware of the NWSL schedule, that these teams are in their biggest playoff push starting this upcoming weekend. Um, And that is huge. Minute management is huge for the players in the NWSL as they try to make a push for playoffs and try to make a push for the NWSL championship because that is such a big part of these players in these clubs. And for Vlako Andonovsky, he understands that because he was in that shoe, those shoes as a coach for that. So I think that's another reason why we saw so much rotation in the starting lineup, um, which I, I don't care. I liked the rotation. I <laughs> like seeing different players out there. I don't care your reasoning, Vlako. Yeah. I just like it and i like to see it again um, like these, these are the games these are the matches and when you yes. want to see it again there was a lot of <laughs> there was a ton of discourse of, around that during something like the the olympics people weren't a, huge fans of the constant rotation that was taking place in that type of tournament um but it's it's not unfamiliar at this point like he's showing that that's what he intends to do with this team and uh it didn't change uh in in this match tonight and and i'm glad quite frankly that there was rotation i mean to go from that first match to this match and then to see somebody like an alex morgan get to get some minutes in Mm -hmm. and it's starting 11 with somebody like a katarina macario and it was dope to see her post game sort of talk about that very very briefly and just saying like i she's a fun player to play with and I'm really glad I got to play with her. And for somebody like Macario, that's, that's huge because she's not playing in the league at the moment. She's overseas with Lyon continuing her development. She's on a contract with them until 2023. So we'll, we'll see what happens then, but these are the windows of time, like these moments Mm -hmm. with the national team where we're getting to see a player like that, somebody who is, sort of look to it as maybe a potential future piece for this team. And then somebody who is really the present and somebody like an Alex Morgan, who we're not really talking a lot of a whole lot tonight, which is funny because she got the hat trick in, in this game, um, which I think is, is huge to sort of 
kind of take note of considering she was one of those players that kind of came out of the Olympics with it, uh, you know, picking up an injury. So something that sort of kept her out for the last few weeks. And she was able to get a game in with her club Orlando pride before heading off to these friendlies. And now she's heading back into NWSL action with their team in a playoff push off of a hat trick. Tonight. And I, I think the game with Orlando pride before these friendlies for Alex Morgan helped her because internationally she hadn't scored a goal in four games, which doesn't honestly sound like that many games, but for Alex Morgan, that's a lot. So to come into this friendly tonight and, and play against Paraguay and get a hat trick is huge for her. Huge for her. Um, Sandra, we, we talked about the starting lineup and who we liked and whatever. We both had Carly Lloyd in our starting lineup, considering this is her farewell tour. She did not get the start. She didn't even come in at, at, at the halftime getting the second 45. She did come in and Carly Lloyd did get a goal in the 78th minute. So my question for you, um, not starting her, what do you think about that decision? And then after she scored the goal in the 78th minute, um, I don't know if you recognize this, but she was like, okay. She was like, cool. look. And then she was like, oh my gosh, everyone's cheering for me. You could look. see it in her face. She was like, oh, everyone's cheering for me. Yay. Look. But look. like, I could tell she was like, okay, what? This is just another one on the board. She felt Listen. bad in the first match against Paraguay for scoring all those goals. And she steps on the field and three touches later, knocks another one in listen i think she handled it well i I, at that point in the game you're talking about what she comes in at the hour mark it was a quadruple sub like quadruple substitution that was made with four players coming in and four players coming off lloyd ends up nailing a goal and quite frankly it wasn't a great goal it was like probably what she would consider a garbage goal it was like sort of like a weird kind of nick touched it was a weird tap in in. Yeah. yeah so it wasn't like this type of like highlight banger. And at that point it's, it's so late. There's less than 15 minutes remaining in the match. This is a player who knows this is the same team. And they just put like nine goals upon, up on them the other day. I think uh, five of which the, she, she had five of which exactly. she, so she, in. So she knows the type of performance that she had against this team already. She gets in there and ends up getting a body part on this ball. And it finds us up in the back of the net. She just, Hey, the, the crowd was cheering. She acknowledged the crowd move let's reset let's let's go let's keep going it's just it's just one of the it's just one of those things i think at that point in the game she knows what the scoreline is she knows who the opposition mm-hmm. is there's no like trying to like celebrate any any glory it was it was goal 134 for her yeah right? for for the u.s women's national team it still keeps her you know and it just could more cushion for the third place <laughs> standing there in the all-time records uh but With Alex Morgan creeping up the standings, getting three tonight. She's now top five. I mean, if hey, I mean, <laughs> if they keep perform and if if they keep scheduling games like this, who knows? We'll we'll, we'll see. But um, I'm not too surprised at it. I mean, I think we chatted a little bit about it already with with Endonovsky and sort of how he rotates his team and sort of his background being a former NWSL coach and kind of recognizing the season that's in front of these players, those of them that are all mostly attached to NWSL sides who are in the middle of a a bit of a playoff push and uh, a player like Carly Lloyd, you know, probably had, they probably had conversations that, Hey, you're going to get the start of this game. You're going to come off the bench in this game. And uh, it ended up playing out that way. I'm not too sure if it'll play out the same way in October with the, with the final two matches, but um, 
I, I wasn't too surprised to sort of see that type of uh, of rotation tonight. Yeah, I I um I was a little surprised she didn't get the start. I'm just gonna say it. Just I know these games aren't about her by any means, and there is so much emphasis on um getting the younger players into the mix and finding a rhythm and, and also looking towards the future of this U.S. Women's National Team and the World Cup that is just around the corner. Um, but I'm glad she got in and I'm, I'm glad she got a goal and I she did handle uh, her her mini celebration pretty well. Let me let me ask you this. So Lloyd gets this goal and was like the 77th, 78th minute. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like that's where it ends? Do you think that this like game ends at like 7-0? Did you have that feeling at that point? Like, okay, yes, like, yes, that's enough. I yes. kind of had that feeling too. And then yes. Kat Macario said no, <laughs> yeah, which like banger. It was a yeah. banger cat. So I'm okay with it. But yeah, after that one, I, I almost kind of got the sense that it was like understood amongst the team. Like, I don't know, like sometimes when you play uh, small sided games and you're up, it's like, okay, we have to get a header goal. We have to get a left footed goal. We have to get a, a crazy volley or a bicycle kick. And it was almost like that was somewhat understood amongst the team. Like, okay, let's, let's play this one out. And then, I mean, when you get that type of volley from Kat Macario, yes, you bury that. That's exactly what you do. Um, but yeah, I, I almost thought that with, with Carly Lloyd being like, okay, this yeah. is number seven. Here we go. Um, let's, um, but, let's let's close it out a little bit. I maybe like a look ahead. Like we're, we're mentioning already mm-hmm. how there's going to be two additional friendlies in October. Uh, this team will face uh, South Korea. That's going to be their opposition in October. They're still closing out games in the Midwest. These games are going to take place in Kansas City and um, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. So one thing that we didn't see on the wish list that I didn't necessarily put on mine, but I echoed your sentiment and yours. We didn't see Crystal Dunn in this game at all, number one. Number two, we didn't see her in the midfield, which is something that we've talked a little bit about on this show. And then when we sort of saw that scoreline and we saw that, hey, there's going to be another game where you can maybe Mm -hmm. try some stuff, we thought maybe this would be the game game to do it. Do you think we're ever going to see Crystal Dunn in the midfield position for this United States women's national team as it is currently assembled? And B, and B, follow-up, if so, what does the outside back position look like for you? <laughs> okay, so you gave me a two-part question. I'm going to answer it as two-part Lisa Roman. Right. On. Lisa Roman, the fan, the Crystal Dunn fan. I'm wearing her her jersey right now right from the Olympics. Um, yes, we see her in the midfield because that would be fun. The analytical side of me says, no, we will never see that um, okay. with the squad and what we have. And when I, I have to remind the fan, Lisa, that there are so many talented midfielders in this pool that is playing these friendlies right now and also under this pool that goes to the training camp. And why play a player like Crystal Dunn, who has solidified her spot in the outside back, why move her forward if and take that? position away from another very talented player, a younger player in Kat Macario, maybe um, even Rose Lavelle is young. Andy Sullivan is very young. So I, I don't think so. I don't think so. And if we did, I could see in the back, honestly, like a Casey Kruger 
Yeah. She's she's looking really good in that outside back position. She's looking very good. And I think you could – so like ideal world for me. Crystal Dunn in the center mid position in the midfield and Casey Kruger behind her and have that role almost be a little bit more fluid. Yeah. Um, whereas when Kruger pushes up really, really high, it's almost Dunn's responsibility to make sure that she has that little bit of coverage. And I like in – on the fly in the game, all of a sudden you see Dunn slotting back into the back line and Kruger is just pressed a little bit higher, being that press higher up the field and sending crosses in. Um, but no, I don't think we're going to see it. Do you think we're going to see Crystal Dunn in the midfield? I don't know. I really don't know. I I know that that's a cop-out, but I think you, it you really... You want an answer, Sandra, yes or no? Look, do I... Look, can I answer like the two-parter like you did? <laughs> Like the uh, the believer in Crystal Dunn. Like I'm the and I'm just I'm not just I'm not just a fan. I, I believe in Crystal Dunn and her ability. Mm-hmm. I believe she's so good that this is the type of player who forces that type of move. Mm-hmm. Not like that she's saying put me here or whatever, but her performing in that in those roles in the midfield in a higher position forces a coaching staff to take a look at their formations and their game plans and saying, well, maybe this is actually our best option. Um, but I'm not the coach, you know, and the other side of that question is the outside back issue. And it's not just does the coaching have, does the coaching staff currently have confidence in their outside back pool? And I don't know mm-hmm. if they do. How many, you know, how many times are you going to be looking at at certain um, positional things? And how many times are you going to be looking at certain game day scenarios in which a player is or isn't delivering whatever it is that you're looking for within those positions? I think we're, I think we're actually closer to seeing something like a Kelly O'Hara moving on and then yeah. figuring out a scenario there, then we are closer to seeing done in the, in the midfield. And even if that, even if that plays out, that's still a pressing question for the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, when does, um, when does, Emily, then, when does Emily Fox come into this? Yeah. When does Emily Fox come into the mix and, and, and get, um, the opportunities that we're seeing somebody like an Eddie Sullivan, Sophia Smith or Mal Pugh get in, in games like these. So when is she coming into this fall? Quite frankly, you know, when is, uh, I'll put myself on blast. You know, if Sophia, if Sophia Huerta with OL rain continues to get time with Laura Harvey at OL rain at outside back. Yes. And continues to succeed in the way that she has been succeeding under Laura Harvey at outside back with the OL rain. I don't see how she's not in this conversation either. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think we're actually a little bit more closer to seeing the outside back pool expand with somebody like a Crystal Dunn, with somebody like a Casey Kruger as your insurance policy, more than we are at Crystal Dunn in, in the midfield. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Yes, because there's just so much talent in the midfield, so much young talent too for this U.S. squad that is really good. And I think that – this match tonight really established Macario in that midfield. Um, and I think Andy Sullivan has established herself in that midfield over these last two matches, uh, uh, these last two friendlies for the U.S. 
And so who are you going to take out if you're going to put Dunn in there? Like you said, Dunn proves that she can play anywhere on the field and be tremendous at it and be a huge influence on the game, no matter where she is, a positive influence. Um, But that takes away a spot from someone else. And I don't think that we're there yet, or I don't think we ever will be because she's just too good at outside back where the talent doesn't have as much depth at that position. We'll see. There's two more friendlies coming up for this team in their post-Olympic exhibition tour uh, coming up in October against South Korea. Then there is a question mark <laughs> right now for November uh, matches uh, against Australia. Um, there's still an ongoing pandemic uh, in case people forgot. And because of that, there is a big question mark around those uh, November games. So we will see what happens with that. And uh, then on the horizon will obviously be January camps uh, for this national team, which is something that happens um, pretty much uh, yearly at this point for the national team. So we'll see. I think that January camp is probably where we're going to see a much larger pool of uh, players. um, That's probably the biggest camp or the most telling camp Uh, who is called into the January camp. Who's not. Right. Called into the January camp. At this point, we know Carly Lloyd will not be unless she comes out of retirement. But I could see other more veteran players maybe not being called back in um, to that January camp. So we will learn a lot when that roster comes out. Absolutely. I want to thank everybody uh, for joining us today with our first reactions immediately following the post-game whistle here with the United States uh, defeating Paraguay 8-0. I want to let you all know that you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast show. I want to also let you know that if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question, Lisa and I will answer it as part of our mailbag segment. So I know a lot of folks had a lot of questions tonight. I'm sorry that we didn't get to them directly, but we have episodes that are dedicated just to that kind of stuff. So if you go, leave us a five-star review. We'll answer it on a mailbag segment. We're also available as a video, so please subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. The NWSL is back this weekend. We are so excited, and we will have a preview episode for the NWSL weekend for all our listeners on Friday. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.